Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Joanna Rawbone of Flourishing Introverts, and she helps her clients to flip their limiting beliefs, articulate their strengths positively, and show up authentically. Love that. Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on you know, where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you love to work with? Yeah, indeed. So uh, I'm a long-standing business owner, <clears throat> but in the traditional sense in that I've been running my training coaching facilitation business since 1994, but it was all face-to-face, me working with corporate clients. Everything came through word of mouth and recommendation. So I've only ever had to pitch for business once. I've put together proposals, but often they've just been kind of nodded through. And in 2018, I finally got mad enough about constantly seeing the quiet ones being overlooked and undervalued. And they were the words they used quite a lot. Mm. And I finally decided that I need to do something about that. So a part of my business is now Flourishing Introverts, which is focusing on two things. One is enabling those introverts to flourish, as you said, authentically, you know, in in a way that means that they're living life on purpose and that brings them joy. The other bigger, hairier, scarier mission in a way is that I'm setting about to shift the bias that exists in education and in organisations that is really aimed at the you know making the extrovert ideal the norm somehow and it does start from early years education right the way through and bearing in mind up to 50 percent of any population identifies as an introvert that's a lot of people who are frankly being discriminated against and who are not being given a fair crack of the whip are not playing on a level playing field and all of those other kind of you know trite sayings we want to say so tell me more about that explain that to us in a, a greater detail not great detail, but give us a bullet point. So what does that actually mean? The extrovert bias. Yeah. So um, in education, if any of you have got kids or, you know, remember that whole process, you would often be somehow 
criticised for not speaking up, for not being the one who always put your hand up in class, for not pushing yourself forward, for maybe not playing noisily with other kids at playtime, but sitting quietly. And there would be conversations with parents about, is is little Joanna socialised enough because we worry because she sits on her own? What I now know is I was sat on my own because I was desperately trying to recharge my battery ready for the next lesson, but nobody seemed to get that. That then goes on into further and higher education, especially when, you know, we work in project teams and most people know what happens. The talkers do the talking and the quiet ones end up doing the doing. And there seems to be an unequal distribution of tasks. Mm. And then on into the workplace, my heart sunk the first time I realized that, uh, there are now recruitment and interview coaches who coach people how to behave more extroverted in interviews so that they're more likely to get the job. What? You know, we should be coaching people in order to really know and own their strengths and articulate those positively, not play into the bias that already exists. And then once in the organization, there are things like assessment centers. There are things like these ad hoc meetings where, you know, let's just kind of, you know, shoot the breeze, get some ideas going. Great for the extroverts who have that say, think, say communication process. Pants for the introvert who has think, say, think. So give me time to think about it. Then I'll come to the meeting with ideas. But if you put me on the spot, I'm far less likely to be spontaneous or come up with anything that really adds value. So there are so many ways in which mm. business is geared up for extroverts. You said it a number of times here, and we'll chat offline about it as well. Authenticity. It's yeah. a huge thing. That is beautifully what you described. To be coached to go into an interview and be the extrovert and be like, that took all my energy of the day and I'm tired and I'm fried and I'm out of alignment and I feel guilty and all these things start to happen. That's tough. And then be like, congratulations, you got the job. And like, oh crap. Now I can't show my real self. There's a whole yeah. soup of emotion that goes in there. So authenticity, whether you're, let's just step away from right now, extrovert, introvert, authenticity. It really, really counts. The knock-on effect of not having this yeah. is, can be catastrophic. Absolutely. And and in the case of, and I can speak obviously in the case of, of introverts, it, it will lead, and it did for me, lead to introvert burnout, where I spent nearly two decades pretending to be something I wasn't because that's that's how my successful peers were. So eventually I got to the point where I could do it no more, spent three months staring aimlessly at a screen once I hit introvert burnout and could do absolutely nothing and that's that is you know I'm a fairly resilient person for people who are less resilient it's going to have a much worse effect than that so can you talk to me about when you realize this and then put it into action the shift into doing the work the job having conversations in a way that hold on (laughs) hold on, I'm going to do what's right for me here. What was the impact of doing that or even realizing that? It it was a moment in time that I will never forget. My husband and I were on holiday in the south of France. We were going for an evening stroll and there was all the typical kind of, you know, wonderful, warm aromas, the hummingbird moths flying around. It was just beautiful. 
And I stopped dead in my tracks and I turned to my husband and said, I can't do this anymore. And he took one look at my face and I took one look at his and I thought, shit, he's got the wrong end of the stick here. He he thought I was saying, I can't do this marriage anymore. Whereas that's a different conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. What I was saying was, I can't pretend anymore. I can't not be true to myself anymore. The toll is too great. And so from that holiday, I rang the organization that I was associated with at the time and said, I need out of there. They made it very easy for me to go. I was gone within two and a half weeks of getting back from holiday. And that's when the deep kind of issues really hit in terms of just how far down that burnout route I'd gone. And and that was the moment at which I first realized that if if the 50, up to 50% of the population who identify as an introvert are going to live a fulfilled life that brings them joy, that is based in authenticity, then they need to be okay being who they're being. They need that psychological safety in the workplace to mm. know that they can say, I'm struggling, I need time out, I need to go for a walk, whatever they need. Yeah. Um, and and actually kind of really understand that those differences, when we understand and value them, really fit together a bit like yin and yang and form a beautiful team, not a kind of a series of mini-me's that that never kind of make progress. Yeah, we but... need that duality. It's absolutely it works together. Um, I want to rewind just a couple of steps because I want to ask you in that moment, what what did you need? because you went on to talk about what other people want and how I can help other people. And so many coaches and businesses are born out of, <laughs> I had this experience, therefore I'm going to help other people go through it. And it's like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Then you're going to hit burnout number two, because you're not actually focused on yourself. You need to be able to. So what did, what did you need in that moment? What I needed was quiet space. I needed time to think, as Nancy Klein said, you know, I needed a thinking environment where it was okay for me to do the natural introvert thing and go inward, not to catastrophize or to get stuck in my head or any of those things, but just to give me time to find who I was, who I really was, and then start to build a life around who I really was. So that's what I needed. And it would have been fabulous if there had been someone there that I could have called on in that moment. There wasn't. Somebody appeared a bit later on. There wasn't in that moment. So that was a really tough time for me to try and figure that out on my own without the support of, of what could have been a fabulous coach or mentor in that moment. Yeah. So you, you filled that void you became your own coach and mentor. You figured it out the hard way, taking probably way too long to do because you're you're piecing it all together. And now yeah. you get to be that person for so many other people going through exactly what you went through or hopefully <laughs> getting there before this even happens. Yeah, that's my plan is to help people recognize the warning signs, if you like, that typically are the overwhelm and if we don't tackle it often enough then with things like my brilliant battery boosters then they're on the way to introvert hangover which is the worst sodding hangover you've had without ever having had a drop of alcohol 
And if you don't look after that, then you then you're almost indefinite or definitely into introvert burnout. And the route back from there is long and hard and quite often lonely. Yeah, lonely. That's that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, talk about. Even CEOs at the time, it's tough. Mm. You feel like it you're is. so alone in your business. So, and let's... and that's one th- that's one of the paradoxes for introverts because we work best on our own. We're not misanthropes. We don't have social anxiety automatically. So it's not that we don't need people, but we also like working on our own. So the paradox there is I want to work with someone, but actually it's got to be the right person. Otherwise, it's just going to take too much of my energy. Mm. So most introverted entrepreneurs spend too long on their own not because they're lonely, but because they enjoy being alone. They enjoy being resourceful. They enjoy their own company. And and that's a real paradox, I find. Yeah. And with that comes the, what you've missed out on, what you, what help you could have got or what, what you needed through. Yeah. Doing all the right things, but it's just over compensating. Mm. Um, Yeah. Beautifully put. Let's talk about where you are right now. Because I want to go fast yeah. forward throughout the years. So you've built this amazing business and helped so many different people. And you're in a transition. You're tweaking and changing how, how you show up. So let's talk about, because you're on this podcast, we talk about the roller coaster of the business owner, what we're yeah. going through behind the scenes. Let's just you know lift the veil a bit and just hear about, you know, where are your challenges right now? What, what are you currently facing, even with your wealth of experience and, and knowledge? So the my current learning edge, the thing I'm facing at the moment, is a somewhat familiar one, which is damn frustrating, I can tell you. Um, and, and it's the sales process, because having had a business as long as I have, where everything came through word of mouth and recommendation, where I didn't have to kind of, you know, go out and sell my services, mm. this online world is now very different. And this is my legacy piece that I'm building now. So I'm aware that I have to do it differently too. And it's quite a process to learn because I know intrinsically and in my heart, the value I add and the difference I make, Mm. finding the language to capture that, to then put it out there in a way that introverts like me who maybe mid-career, often in STEM professional services, kind of, you know, already managers and leaders, but know they've got more potential, are going to look at it and go, that's me, that's me. That's the bit I really struggle with right now. Okay. So with the shift in your business, so it's been all referrals, word of mouth, everything's yeah. come through beautifully. You haven't had to think about it to a certain degree. No. no. And I remember with, with my agency back in the UK, it was it was all referrals and I was like it was a badge of honor for me <laughs> reality it was I could hide I didn't have to put myself I out know. there yeah. and but there was no tap you could turn on there was no scalability to it it was on a whim luckily it worked however when you wanted to scale it it's like oh I, I need something new and different so the two things I just pulled out from what you just said there is number one it's new and different how to reach out these people yes. but also you said it's your legacy piece yes now that's beautiful there's also a weight behind that word there's also the the pressure that comes with it so not only have you got something brand new to work on 
you've also got the pressure of this is I'm building the, this is the Mac daddy. This is going to live beyond my time and help yeah. more people than I can personally help. That's a lot. It's a lot to take on. It, it is. And, and I think I feel the pressure of that. And, and when I feel the pressure of that, my automatic reaction is to retreat and hide a bit and and do something a bit of a displacement activity that isn't putting it out there that isn't getting myself out there but is doing something in the background that needs doing well, so that like? I tell, can... tell, tell me about that because this is this is the fun of tell me what you do because other people share different stories of what what they do yeah. what do you oh so I'll get lost in tech uh, you know I'm oh. I can be a real tech geek and uh, I was programming back in the 80s and yet, you know, as soon as we got to this era, there's a bit of me going, I don't know what I'm doing, all this new tech, but give me a new system to play. And I can I love going down those places. And I suppose part of it is because I have a belief that in order to delegate effectively, I need to know how to do the task, even the fundamentals, <coughs> because I I come from that old school that I don't see how I can delegate if I really don't know what it takes. Ooh. So the pressure I put on myself is to learn it first so that I can then delegate it and have fair and honest expectations of people. Tough. Mm. So you need to know enough to be dangerous so that you can, <laughs> yes. so that you can um, delegate it over. However, does, does that turn into you where you go a bit too far or I get to reach out to these people, make a new um sales page new messaging new whatever it might be to communicate or i can just dive into this tech and learn this because here's why i've got to do it <laughs> and guess which i go for i go for the latter it's like oh well i'll just dip in spend a couple of hours doing that because then it's done otherwise i'm just going to have to put it all down on paper anyway and brief somebody else how to do it so i might as well just do it myself classic oh, so you can justify classic. the hell out of yeah. it right you <laughs> yes. are a genius number one you're a coach as well you know all the right answers <laughs> and also you can explain why damn it you know where you're right you've got all the right answers your brain is that, sneaky i like it yeah yeah it's it is sneaky proper sneaky okay so let's get all that rubbish out of the way yeah. you don't need to learn anything new you don't need to do all this stuff you have one job which is how do I effectively communicate to my new audience? Well, maybe not new audience, but how do I reach new people yeah. with this message in a way that you're, back to what you said before, authentic, being yourself and helping to change the world? It's the simplest thing in the world, but I guess with this pressure, with this new, with your belief system, which you know, yeah. <laughs> you know the stuff you know all this stuff it's and this is where i get to happen you know, we get to laugh and joke together it's it's crazy making it's tough but there's humor yeah. in it absolutely and and one of the things that i've learned over time is to be able to laugh at myself rather than take myself seriously or give myself a hard time because you know that serves no one so to catch myself in those moments and go there you go again now you've got, you can make a choice because I'm aware of it. So being able to laugh at myself has been an incredibly important thing to learn how to do. Nice. And who's in your network? Who supports you through this? Who laughs at you or with you as you make these monumental mistakes and <laughs> glorious pivots when you don't really need to? 
in particular, I've got two accountability buddies and we meet every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and make commitments to each other about what we're going to do on our business, not in our business for the week. And that works really well. And then once every month or six weeks, we get together face to face, spend the day together and we we do hold each other accountable. We don't let each other bullshit each other. And so that has been absolute gold for me to have two people that I've worked with now for over a year. Mm-hmm. But I've also, I'm part of a mastermind. I'm part of another group. So I've got different people that I go to for different things as well. So I am learning that, you know, it's not only about having those one or two people who who hold me accountable for everything, but there are specialists that I turn to for particular things to get things done now. Nice. What have you found has been the biggest thing for you? The biggest thing to move the needle? Is it the, the accountability from, from friends or, or other entrepreneurs? Is it the masterminds where you're seeing things that you, you're seeing questions and answers that you never thought you needed to ask? Um, what is it and why did that work so well for you? I think the biggest thing that moves the needle, and it does come back to because I'm a a coach and facilitator, as I'm being asked the questions, I'm often parallel processing, thinking, oh, that's an interesting question. You know, I wouldn't necessarily have asked that. So I have to kind of park some of that. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that really has helped me move the dial the most is people asking me those questions that genuinely give me that sharp intake of breath. Mm. That, that have me really sit back in my seat and go, oh, fuck me. Actually, I need to, I really need to think about, reflect on that and think about, or I need to give an answer and say how that feels in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because as an introvert with my think, say, think communication process, sometimes I can allow the thinking to take too long. So sometimes I need to just say and surprise myself with what I'm saying. But it's those people who know how to ask those questions and hold the space for me to answer that have moved the needle the most for me. Yeah, that awareness, I think, is is huge to be able to just I know so many coaches say words matter and they do. And we all pick apart words when you say this, you just said this. And it's it's frustrating, but it's also true. Mm. Once you find the meaning behind it, once you find the the fear behind it um of what it is what it is is actually causing that block because you can't see yeah. any blocks they're blind spots you blind them that's Absolutely. kind of the point right <laughs> yes because i'm skilled enough to know where to bury them as well which is really annoying <laughs> know where to hide the blind spots and but if you keep hiding them that means that you don't have to continue to to reach out to new people you can continue to do this because you've kept yourself nice and comfortable and nice and safe. Yeah. And I've limited my reach. I've limited the potential. The the killer for me is not only have I limited my reach, but I've limited the impact that other people could have experienced. And I hate the feeling of that. Ooh. Now, can you leverage that to not be guilt? Can you leverage that to be, you know, lovingly? How, how, how dare you not yeah. go out there any longer? and not help yeah, you... single people. Um, thank God you reached out to, to us. So maybe someone on this podcast is listening right now thinking, I never thought about that. I never heard it in that way. Whether it's reaching out to you 
or finding someone else or just sitting yeah. with it thinking, fuck, I, <laughs> there's something there now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what's and- your next steps? What is your next steps to plow through this, to leave the tech behind, to leave the, I'm not a writer. I'm not good <laughs> enough at this to actually, as we say it, yeah, cut the bullshit so you can do the fucking thing that you know you need to do. That's yeah. stopping you from helping hundreds upon hundreds and thousands of other people. Yeah. So this is about me getting out of my own way and living by something that I have recognized, but don't necessarily live up to, which is done is better than perfect. And for me, it's about getting the message out there. It'll land with some, it won't land with all. It may not be perfect, but actually it's better than me being mean enough not to get it out there at all. So it's about just getting it out there. And this month for me in particular is about taking action to get to to get the message out there so that people have the choice then about what they do about it. But what has been stopping you? What has been the fear around done is better than perfect? We all know that. Ready, fire, aim. We all know all the right <laughs> things to say, okay? Yeah, yeah. But when actually doing it, getting past that mental stage mentally i get it emotionally oh there's something in there so what is it for you that actually did and is still holding you back there is a fear there for me and it's a fear of having said done is better than perfect it's a fear of things not being good enough so do i know where that line is between done is better than perfect is it good enough is it not good enough So I'm tying myself up in knots around that about not actually figuring out when good enough is good enough. So that's, that's the mind. There's your mind just is putting a cloud up. There's the the gas so you can't see it. So it's stopping you. Is it good enough? Is it good enough? You know, done is better than good, but is it good enough to be at that level? Just at that level. What's underneath that? That's what, what happens if it's not good enough? The fear of rejection, because this is my legacy piece, it feels like I know it's my legacy piece, mm-hmm. but will it be a legacy if it's only me that thinks so? <laughs> what if what if I've missed the mark somehow? What if I've, I've had this experience, but I am the only one who recognizes that it's an experience that, you know, needs some work doing to it? What if it's not resonating with people? And there's a real fear there of, of mm. being foolish, feeling foolish, of feeling um, like I've wasted time and money and energy and all that stuff. Because, you know, as you know, with any business that's setting up, there's investment big time in the energy and in the commitment and sometimes in the money, you know, in all of that stuff. This doesn't come cheap. Okay. So you've now put even more pressure on yourself <laughs> to be able to sort of unpack this. And I know it's, it's easy to sort of joke about this now. You've listed an awful lot of stuff there, fear of rejection, fear of being good enough. What if I'm foolish? What if I'm wasteful? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just one of those things is enough to make someone paralyzed. So yeah. this is, thank you for sort of playing along, just seeing the mind at work and picking apart. This is what I truly think. Again, everyone at home be like, yeah, yeah, that's me as well. Exactly. In fact, add this one on because this is what I feel about as well. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, it's any one of those things could hold us all back. Um, if only you had like years and years of evidence of people going through and changing their lives because of the work that you did. If only, if only, if you only. Had that, right? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. I happen to have that too. But funny enough, I park that and, and forget to look at that. I forget mm-hmm. to I I forget that evidence. Yeah, how interesting. Okay, so it's not about that. There's something that you're keeping yourself safe from by not doing the thing that you need to do. There is something there that's ooh sneaky. Yeah, and I'm feeling a bit sick now, so I know you're getting close to it. I'm very you're- kinesthetic. I'll often. I'll often burp when we're close to something and I'm feeling sick. Like there could be a burp not far behind, actually. Oh, when Katie is one-on-one with someone that both the bellies go at the same time. It's, <laughs> it is the most glorious thing. Um, yeah. So to hold, to hold beautiful space for that, there is something. It's packaged. It's hidden. Yeah. And there's all this, as we call, faux action and side quests or dumb shit that's in the way of revealing i'm just scared of this i'm just terrified of this what if this whatever that is it's horrendous but it's also the path the pathway to glory that's a bit dramatic right yeah yeah and 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 there's so much truth in that and there's years of kind of conditioning that i need to peel back from years of that faux stuff to move aside in order to to get to that Mm. so what can you do to remove some pressure from yourself let's turn into a point let's flip this turn this ship around what can you do to really take this pressure away from this situation so that you can start to see more clearly what the hell is down here (laughs) uh i think i i need to work more with the coach again so I've been working with a coach up until a few months ago and then it kind of tailed off. So I think uh, it's time for me to work with a coach again on this stuff um, because it's I know the difference it makes. So it's yeah. probably time for me to do that again and for me to be vulnerable with with the person I'm working with so that actually we do get to the bottom of this because I know it's there. I know it's I know it's there and it's it's so guarded it's so heavily fortified that that it it's time to unleash it nice i, I want to just tie a, a, an anchor back to something you said earlier the what you do with your clients to be completely authentic and walk into what what they want what's right for mm. them it sounds like on a different level that's exactly the path that you need to take yeah not saying you're inauthentic with your business it's seeing that with oh there's a new level for you of that authenticity of vulnerability yeah it's the same thing is beautiful and it is that work i need to do because having been involved in a few masterminds and things where it's all kind of ticks tricks and and kind of standard formula and stuff like that does not work for me in you know I need to work one-on-one with somebody who holds my feet to the fire until actually I do kind of release this whatever it is love that 
Hey, Joanna, I wish you all the very best with that. Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably and authentically exactly what you you need to do and exactly what you help other people to do so thank you it's been so much fun thank you you're welcome i've i've really enjoyed it and i'm still feeling a bit queasy so i know this this has started to unlock something already so thank you oh you're so so welcome um look if people want to find out more about the work that you do and reach out how can they find you the best one-stop shop is my website, which is flourishingintroverts.com. You'll see my podcast, my TV show, my Flip Your Limiting Beliefs course, another course that's coming up soon, web um, blogs, all sorts of things. The quiz, what type of introvert are you? The quiz is there. Everything is in that place. So flourishingintroverts.com is the place to go. Super stuff. Everyone, if you're curious, go check it out. And Joanna, thank you so, so much again. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Hey, you're so welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> All the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.